welcome to the Unteachables podcast. I'm your host, Claire, and I am absolutely no stranger to the challenges and let's face it, sometimes carnage of being a teacher. And if you found yourself here listening with me, I'd say that you might know a bit about that as well, because being a teacher is friggin' hard. And this podcast is dedicated to making you feel a hell of a lot less alone whilst giving you the knowledge, support and strategies that you need to not just survive the chaos of being a teacher, but truly thrive. Think about it as getting a weekly dose of relatable, actionable, and most importantly, enjoyable professional learning straight into your ears. So hit the subscribe button, download me for your commute, and let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week of the Unteachables podcast. If you're joining me here for the first time, welcome. I hope you get something good from this episode. And if you're joining me here again after listening to other episodes, then welcome back. Obviously, you've gotten something from the podcast and that makes me very happy. And if you do usually listen to the podcast, then you'll know that I usually have um, my little co-host with me, my little daughter, that's not the case today. She's actually out having a daddy-daughter day with my partner. It's Saturday, so I have time and freedom to sip a coffee and record the podcast and not have to stop and start it a million times because if you he- you heard last week's podcast episode, my goodness, that took me a million years to record and I was so frazzled by the end of it. So hopefully this one goes a lot smoother. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about something that pops up quite a lot in my work. I um, hear a lot because I do a lot around like the neuroscience behind behavior. I talk a lot about the theoretical side of behavior, about how it's needs driven, how it's purposeful, um, all of those things. And what I get a lot of is, but aren't we excusing bad behavior by, by doing this, by saying this, by talking about this, like, what do we actually need to do about behavior? And I can completely understand where people are coming from because whatever the reason behind the behavior is, right, it doesn't change the fact that in front of you in that moment, the behavior is happening and we need to address it regardless of what the why is behind the behavior. So why bother learning about it? Why bother spending time? Why bother spending energy? We are so busy already. We've got a million things we need to think about as teachers. Why then go on and spend all of this time actually focusing on what's beneath that behavior? And that's exactly what this episode's about. It doesn't excuse the behavior. It's a massive misconception. In fact, learning more about the why beneath the behavior is actually incredibly empowering, not just for us as teachers who are dealing with that behavior unfolding in front of us, but for our students as well. Every single one of us behave. And I don't like to put it this way, but all of us can behave badly. Myself and others would argue that there's no good or bad behavior necessarily. It is is what it is. It's just needs meeting. It's just driven. It's just purposeful. Um, It's just getting us to where we need to be or want to be in the best way that we possibly can with the skills that we have. But yes, all of us can behave in a way that can be perceived as bad. And what we do tend to do, and it's not our faults. I think that it's just the way that we've been conditioned to be by society, by university, by our own experiences in education. But we do tend, and and our own experiences of being parented and parenting and all of that stuff as well. But what we tend to do is hold our students and our children to a much higher level of expectation and accountability when it comes to this stuff than we do for ourselves. And we don't give them as much grace as we do for ourselves. At the end of the day, we're all human beings, whether we're small or big. Um, We have big old emotions regardless, but just as adults, our brains are more developed and more well-practiced at self-regulating. Some of us not, some of us yes. I think that we're all on a different kind of scale of being able to do this effectively. 
But understanding behavior doesn't just support our students in understanding themselves better, but it also supports us in understanding ourselves better. The first ever training I did around behavior, it was just the best training I've ever done. I talk about it all the time. Naturally, it wasn't at university. It was when I was in my second year of teaching. It was choice theory, reality therapy training. And this training was obviously meant for us as teachers to be able to manage behavior in our classrooms and us with our students better. But we actually had to apply the training and contextualize it by using ourselves and our own behaviors and our own feelings. And I'm going to be getting a bit vulnerable right now, but at the time that I did this training, I was just such a hot mess of a human. I was still trying to overcome some huge trauma and some huge struggles of my own that were, you know, a product of my teenage years and leading into my early adulthood. So my own behaviors in my personal life, I tend to, I I was able to kind of hold it together in a professional sense most of the time. But these behaviors that I did exhibit in my personal life, they were very destructive and they were just like the students I taught really. And I couldn't trust I would push people away. I would be incredibly defensive. And that sometimes came out through aggressive behaviors. And it was really humbling to really reflect on these things through the choice theory, reality therapy training. Now, learning about where my behaviors came from, it didn't excuse my behaviors. It doesn't doesn't excuse the way that I pushed people that I loved the most away from me. It didn't excuse me swearing at them um, or getting physical or defensively hitting back at them, but it actually started me on this huge journey of healing, a huge journey of understanding myself, of being able to kind of critically look at the behaviors that I was exhibiting and knowing where they were coming from and being very aware of that and then actively having the skills and the knowledge to go crap, I need to break these patterns. I am not on a good path here. And the only person that can do that is me. This is transformational for anybody, anybody who has less than ideal patterns of behavior, or even anybody in general, like just being able to see where your kind of patterns of behavior are coming from. They don't have to necessarily be destructive, but even just seeing the way that we kind of um, engage in our relationships and all of those things and the way that we act when we're having conflict with other people, it's just really interesting. But when we understand the why behind how we act, there's nowhere to hide from that. And there was nowhere to hide for me. It holds up this very clear mirror to us and it demands that we take ownership of these things. It demands that we seek support from people and not to be a victim of this stuff. It's empowering. And it's it's kind of one of those things where you know better and do better. And sometimes not the case if we do know where our behaviors are coming from. Not always we want to make those changes. We can still be stuck in a the triangle of blame, but we've got a much better chance if we can really locate the why behind our behaviors, got a much better chance of going, I need to change something here. So let's apply this to our students. I'll be going through a number of reasons why the why behind the behavior is really beneficial for us as educators. And the first is the same reason as to why it's so great for our own behavior. And that's about awareness. We can't change things and we can't break patterns effectively if we aren't aware of what they are. When we get the driving forces behind our behaviors, we can guide our students to be much more self-aware. We can guide them to be more empathetic, to be more emotionally literate, and just to be reflective on, on themselves and what they're doing in their lives. Ultimately, that makes them better equipped to have accountability for their actions. And That is one of the biggest things that I hear teachers struggling with when it comes to addressing behavior, sitting down with students and having these discussions. They say to me, but we sit down and we have a talk about these things and they either deny it, 
they say that, um, you know, it wasn't them or they say sorry and it's not meaningful and it's just, you know, a ticker box kind of thing. Without accountability, without them actually being reflective, nothing's going to change. They've got no buy-in to change. And that leads me on to the second point about why it's so important. All of the stuff that I've just said, it gives students that increased buy-in for when we need to address their behavior. And I'll say that again, you need increased buy-in when we're addressing their behavior, because if we have the buy-in, then they're actually going to start reflecting on what has happened and what they could possibly change. This is the opposite of excusing their behavior. It's authentically addressing it. I would say that allowing students to not take proper accountability of their behavior by not understanding the why behind the behavior, that's more excusing it than actually the opposite of us really knowing what's underneath that and and forcing them to hold that mirror up and really understand what they've done and what they can do better. So we're able to authentically address it with them. And at the same time, we're increasing our chances of actually making these students understand the harm that's been done, recognizing their part in that, and then actually making some changes around that challenging behavior. That is obviously what we want. When we're dealing with behavior, we don't just want to slap on a a punishment of some kind. And then the next day they're going to come in, they're going to be doing the same thing. We're about cycle breaking, we're about pattern breaking, and that's how we get those changes in our classrooms. So how do you get to this point? Just by explicitly teaching them the why behind their behavior. Behaviors and needs meeting. They're purposeful. They're driven by normal brain responses and stress responses of fight, flight, and freeze. They're the product of their different experiences. Everything that I've just said, I teach you in the first three modules of my classroom management course that'll teach them. And it's the first of eight live lessons. This course is broken up into the know and do modules and it's structured in this way because of everything I'm talking about, because you need that foundation before tackling all of the practical roadmaps and strategies that are in the other seven lessons of the course. Without that foundation, the strategies that I teach you will still work. They're still going to be the same strategies, but without knowing the why beneath those strategies and behind the behaviors, you're not going to be able to say, okay, this is what's happening. I know exactly what to do. And I know exactly why I'm doing that. And I know why that's going to transform their behavior. And that's why it's so powerful as educators to know that why beneath it. And after you know this stuff, you can teach your students in whatever way you choose. You can have your own lessons. You can do it informally or formally, but just to make your life easier as a busy teacher, I've done that work for you as well. If you do choose to be a part of my course and I've included that as a part of it. So inside that'll teach and there is a full scheme of work called what's with my behavior that you can teach to your students. It's got fully resourced lessons. So PowerPoints, resources, worksheets, activities, etc., um, And that upskills students to know their minds better, their behaviors better, their needs better, gets them to be reflective. And what's better, it forms this amazing common language between you and your students. It also perfectly feeds into this classroom management strategy that's sustainable for you and for them, because when you're sitting down to talk about what has happened in the class, what's happened with their behaviors, how things weren't going well for them, you can then dig into that why. You can get reflective with them. You can talk to them about what needs they were trying to meet. You can talk about what their stress response was. And that like, you can talk about their amygdala. You can talk about their prefrontal cortex and all of those things they will understand. And it's language that can be understood by students of most ages as well. Um, and yeah, this is the stuff that can absolutely change 
their lives because when they're learning to self-regulate, when they're learning about their behaviors, just like me, I would have gone off on those, like I was an adult and I still would have continued the cycle of those damaging, destructive behaviors without something kind of being a, a, a site, like a circuit breaker for me. And learning about behavior was a circuit breaker. And I know for so many students that I've taught since that um, trace theory training, it's been a circuit breaker for them as well. Okay, enough about that. The third reason why it's so crucial to understand that why beneath challenging behavior is that it actually significantly supports us to address behavior so much more calmly than if we didn't. When we know what's beneath that behavior, when we know that it's something that has so much more to do with them and their experience rather than having a lot to do with us, it helps us to take a step back. We can get curious, we can have empathy rather than get furious, and we can depersonalize that behavior. I have got a whole episode on why the phrase don't take it personally is infuriating for me. And this is why people get told all the time to just not take it personally without knowing how not to take it personally without those skills. It can just be so super disempowering. I think that behavior is so personal. It is so triggering. We are on the receiving end of some incredibly challenging behaviors. Um, and we're human beings. And of course, we're going to get upset by that. Of course, if we don't have the skills to kind of depersonalize it and step away from that and put that kind of barrier in place, it's really, really hard. And I know that I struggled with that significantly in my early career as well um, with a bunch of different behaviors and it can get quite personal. So understanding the why behind the behavior is almost like a big protective bubble that we can put around ourselves because when we understand the why, we can actually authentically depersonalize it instead of just saying that we are and still like holding that quite close to us. So this leads on to the fourth reason why us understanding the why makes a huge difference in our approach. When we stop and get curious in the way that we do when we think about the why behind the behavior, when we understand the things that drive behavior in our students, we're in a much better place for us ourselves to remain regulated and calm. And that right there, the ability to regulate is the most important thing going into our day as teachers and managing challenging behavior. Every single roadmap that I teach in terms of classroom management always begins with us and our regulation because we set the mood in the room. We are the conductor of the orchestra of our classroom and that is our energy. That is the baton that we use, our energy. Our ability to de-escalate all of that challenging behavior and even the low-level behavior and be effective in that that we come up against in our class is so heavily tied up in our own ability to remain regulated. And again, just like not taking things personally, it's very easy to say that we have to stay regulated as teachers. It's another thing to actually be confronted with 30 kids in a classroom that are all kind of not listening and being, you know, loud and displaying disrespectful behaviors and all of those things. And the final reason that knowing the why behind the behavior is so important is that it just gives you so much confidence to go into your classroom and approach behaviors and just know what to do to feel empowered to say, yep, that's fab. I know what to do here. That is my goal for the course is to actually make myself as redundant as physically possible. I want everyone to leave my course saying, okay, you know what? Yep. I've got this. I can make decisions here that are best for me, that are best for my students and make my classroom work. And that comes with the knowledge of why and the power of why. All of the strategies in the world won't transform your practice in the same way if they aren't rooted in the why and you don't understand that why. You won't feel as independent to be able to go out there and to be able to approach things in a way that, you know, work for you in your class. 
I get so many questions from my community that are like, hey, can you please help me with this situation? And they give me a whole big paragraph about what's happening. It would take me hours and hours to sit down with that person and unpack every single little nuanced situation to be able to support them with that behavior because I don't know the situation. I And it's just so every single behavioral situation is so incredibly nuanced. There are so many factors involved. I would need to sit down with a teacher and go over their practice. I would need to observe the lesson. I would need to do so many things to actually unpack the behavior that people are talking to me about. I don't have the capacity to do that and people don't have the capacity to get that level of support from somebody, um, you know, external to their school. So, and probably even in their school, it's so hard to get that level of support. So to be able to understand the behavior, to be able to be empowered, to know exactly yourself, what might be happening to step back and go, okay, I'm going to try all of these things because I know that it could be something that I'm doing in my practice and I'm going to be reflective and I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to be changing something here to break that cycle. That's the goal for the course, because without that, you can't keep chasing your tail. You can't keep getting so even if I was able to support people with one particular scenario, that's not upskilling anybody to be able to be empowered to do that in the future in their profession. And what I am about is authentic transformations in people's practice, upskilling teachers to feel confident and empowered and capable and not stressed and feeling like they can do this job that is so freaking complicated and complex and nuanced and all of the things I know because I've been there, I've been the one that sat in my car and cried after a hard day, just not knowing what the hell to do next. So that's my why. That's what drives me. Yeah. Just to make myself as redundant as possible. I don't want people to have to come to me and ask me what to do about certain behavioral situations. I want you to be able to ask yourself what you can try next. And that's probably me just going off on a really long tangent, but I am so freaking passionate about this. I am so passionate about teachers actually having the skills and feeling like they can do this job. Anyway, that is my very long answer to the question, a 17-minute long answer to the question. Are we just excusing bad behavior by understanding and exploring the why? And without all of the fluff that I've just gone on about for 17 minutes, the very short answer to the question is, no, we can't excuse behavior, but we can explain it. I hope you've gotten something useful from this episode. If you have, it would mean so much if you drop me a review so this podcast can reach even more teachers. And hey, maybe you have a teacher friend that you think could use this episode as well. Um, As always, don't be a stranger. Reach out on Instagram if you want to say hello. You can email me. And of course, if you're listening to this episode in real time, I can't wait to open the doors for the April intake of That'll Teach Them in just a couple of weeks on April 16th. And I really hope to see you there. If you're a teacher ready to put the work in with me, if you're a teacher ready to transform your teaching practice in eight weeks, if you want that support, if you want that training, if you want that mentorship that teachers should just get anyway, let's be honest with you, then you can join the wait list. I'll pop the details in the show notes or you can head to v-unteachables.com for all of the information or just come and ask me any questions. I'm always available. Have a lovely week ahead, everybody, and take care.